Hebrews chapter 1, and I want to draw your attention to the last expression that is found in verse 14. We'll read the whole verse. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Who shall be heirs of salvation? I want to speak about that expression. I want to do so in the light of our coming to the Lord's table. And as we saw last Lord's Day evening, the Apostle to the Hebrews has been giving some biblical insights on the ministry of the angels. And what I want to think about this morning is the people that they minister to. The Apostle calls them the heirs of salvation. They minister to the heirs of salvation. That is, to those who are to become the inheritors of salvation, to those who are about to enjoy it in all its fullness at a future day, at something future. But in the meantime, angels are ministering to them who are waiting for the inheritance. And that, of course, is a description of Christians. Christians are the heirs of salvation. And you know, it's a very wonderful thing too, to be the heir of salvation. To be the heirs of God. To be joint heirs with Jesus Christ. It's a very wonderful thing. And we have to work our way through this expression and very carefully we want to do so because it's rich. It's a rich expression full of wonderful, soul-edifying, God-glorifying truths. And so we want to think about it this morning. It's a wonderful thing to be a Christian. And that is seen in the fact that angels minister to them. Imagine that. They must be a wonderful people if angels minister to them. And they are, of course, this wonderful people only through grace. Heaven sends to them its best, the angels. They are therefore, through God's good grace, a people of high distinction. So therefore it is most certainly a wonderful thing to be a Christian. To be the inheritors of heavenly blessing, of salvation. The New Testament, and indeed the scriptures, are constantly telling us what Christians are going to inherit, what they are going to enjoy. This language of inheritance is well established in the Bible. Whenever the, the New Testament uses this language, it's drawing it from the Old Testament. And we first read of inheritance and of heirship. Whenever we first read of the doctrine of justification by faith. And you read of the doctrine of justification by faith. When we are told that Abraham believed in God. He believed in the Lord. And it was counted to him for righteousness. But you see that verse on justification by faith. It is in the very context of heirship, 
and inheritance and the promises of God. For we read that Abraham had been praying to God and he'd been saying to God, you've given me no seed. And lo, one born in my house, in other words, a slave, a servant, one born in my house, he is mine heir. He is the one who's going to get all. You haven't given to me a son. I don't have a seed. I don't have a family that I can pass on the inheritance to. And the Lord said to him, He shall not be thine heir, but I will give to you out of your own bowels thine heir. God brought him abroad and he showed him all the heavens, stars. Tell me if you can number them. So shall thy seed be. Abraham, you will have heirs. And your heirs will receive the inheritance. They'll receive the promises. And that, that gospel message, Abraham believed. He believed in the Lord. And it was imputed to him. For righteousness. And he was justified. So that's the seed block. The, the soil and the foundation. Of this whole doctrine of inheritance. That is found in the scriptures. And the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Was particularly rich. With this language of inheritance. You remember in the Beatitudes. How he said. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit. The earth. They'll have an inheritance, the meek, the humble, the Christ-like. They have an inheritance, and it'll be the earth, the whole earth. And then remember how he said, everyone that has forsaken houses, our brethren, our sisters, our fathers, our mother, or whatever, wife even, and children, lands for my sake. He says... They shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit. That very important word, the Lord is always talking about it. They'll inherit everlasting life. So it was full in the ministry of Jesus Christ teaching concerning inheritance. Remember how the parables, how he said, The king will say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. Receive the inheritance at last that is yours. So the Lord Jesus Christ was always talking about this. And it is from the Savior that the apostles take up this language of the inheritance. Do you remember how Paul says, The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. This age needs to hear about this. None such inherit the kingdom of God. They're not the heirs of salvation. Peter says, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but countrywise blessing. Knowing that you are called thereunto, that you should inherit a blessing. Do you see where everything comes to us by inheritance? 
by inheritance. That's the only way you receive it. That's the only way you can get it. By inheritance. You have to be the heirs of salvation. Now this language of inheritance. It comes from life experiences on earth. We all know about inheritance. And wills and all of that. And they did in New Testament times as well. You know the estate. Promised to the children. Promised to the descendants. Promised to the heirs. The estate made sure and certain by a testament. By a will. By a covenant. This is something we know about in life. And the Bible is drawing from the experiences of life. To teach us about this great matter of salvation. Inheritance is normally passed on to the family. It's passed on to sons and daughters. And it's passed on usually by the the father. Where there is a will. There is a document, a written will. There is an inheritance. And where there is a will. There is a very close relative. And it's usually sons and daughters. And an inheritance is a covenantal thing. Is it not? And God has a covenant. It's a covenantal inheritance. It's a promised inheritance for his family. And the saints are God's inheritors. And that implies that they're in the family of God. Heirs of salvation are reckoned in God's family. That's why the angels minister to them. Because they look upon them as family members. They do it with delight. Christians, however, are not the natural sons. We are not the natural sons of God. Naturally, we are of our father, the devil. We're sinners. We have been adopted into God's family. We don't become ours without this adoption. That's the thing. And there's no adoption apart from the will and the work of God's true son. We have to think about the true son before we think of the adopted sons. Before we can understand the heirs of salvation, we have to appreciate him who is the true heir. You will observe that the apostle doesn't bring this into the end of the chapter. He talks about the heirs of salvation at the end of the chapter. But that's not how he commenced the chapter. We have to start where the apostles started whenever we think about this inheritance and the heirship. We have to start thinking about the heirship of the son before we think about the heirship of the saints. That's the order with the apostle Paul. So we're at the end of the chapter, but I do remind you that he started with the Son of God as being the truer. And that's where we have to begin. Because we do not come into this salvation by inheritance apart from the truer Jesus Christ. He is the rightful inheritor. And so Paul tells us in verse 2, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, Whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Do you see where the apostle starts? The very first thing in the list. 
He is the heir of all things. Jesus Christ. And then verse 4, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance. There it is again. The Son has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. He has the inherited name. He has the divine name. He has the inheritance of all that God has. The heir of all things. We have to start there, congregation. We have to know this. Christ is the Father's heir. And he is so and only can be so because he is his true son. If I may use that word natural, the natural son. The only begotten, the eternal son. The one who has the true divine nature himself. Christ can only be the heir. There's no way God is going to give that to angels. The heirship of all. There's no way he's going to give that to mere men. The heirship of all things. Only to his son can this be given. Who marvelously was made man for us. That we may participate in this inheritance. And it's a really rich inheritance I can tell you. We can't even begin to fathom the depths of it. What God has for his people. Christ is the only true heir. Remember the parable he told us? The householder planted a vineyard and he digged a wine press and he built a tower and he let it out to the husbandmen. He went into a far country. Then he sent servants to the vineyard, to the husbandmen, that they may take in the fruit of it. And what did the husbandmen do? They, they abused the servants. They mistreated the servants. They beat one, they killed one, they stoned another. And then what did he do? Well, he sent other servants, like unto the first. And they did this very same. And then at last he sent unto them his own son, saying, They will reverence my son. But whenever the son came, what did they do? They saw the, the son and they said among themselves, Here's the very heir. Here's the very one who is going to get the inheritance of the whole vineyard. Let's kill him. Let's murder him. And we get the inheritance. That's not how you get the, the inheritance, I tell you. But what I'm saying is, the son is the one who has the inheritance. The son who died for us, being killed by the husbandmen, but in dying for us, he passed on to us. The inheritance. So it's a son that is an heir. And of course this heirship is extensive. It's very wide. It's over all things. There's no limit to it whatsoever. Whatever God has created. Whatever is in the material world. Christ is the heir of it. For he made it. He made it as heir. As his. The father has given him this right. This authority. He is heir to everything. He is heir to all that God is. He is heir to all that God has made. He is heir to the glory of God. He's heir to the honor of God. That's why this can't be given to angels. He has all the power. He's all the glory. He's all the holiness. He has all the attributes of God. 
the heir of all that God is. There is nothing of God that he does not possess. All power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. The Father hath put all things into my hands. All things that the Father hath are mine, he says. This is why he is the creator. This is why he is sovereign. This is why he is called the first begotten. This is why he is the Lord. This is why he is God. This is why his throne is forever that we have been seeing. This is why he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. This is why he has the excellent name above all other names. This is why he is worshipped and adored by the angels. Because he is the heir of all that God is. The Son of God. And as the heir of all things, he has a task for which he took human nature and became man and was made a little lower than the angels. And that mission and task was a mission and task of grace to bring many sons to glory. There are going to be more sons, adopted sons, to bring them to glory, to give an inheritance unto sons, to give to sinners the inheritance of salvation. And so what I'm saying, congregation, we can only enter into the inheritance through the truer through Christ. We get it through Christ and through Christ alone. It's very important. What they inherit is called salvation. Now they're about to inherit it. That, that's the expression. They don't have it in its full possession as to the full enjoyment of it. Christians don't have the full inheritance yet. We have tokens of it. We have foretastes of it. We have aspects of it. We've been given advancements, deposits. But the full inheritance is not to be enjoyed until all the saints are brought in and redeemed at the last day and they all enter into it together. The day of redemption, the day of the enjoyment of the full inheritance after the resurrection in our resurrected humanity with our dear Lord Jesus Christ. It's the last day. That's why it's called the day of salvation. The first coming was about the purchasing salvation, the obtaining salvation, but the last day is about the enjoying of it all, the full package. And that's why the apostle later on says, Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. That's the first appearing. Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin. No sin bearing this time. No carrying the heavy load. No purchasing salvation this time. And appearing the second time without sin unto salvation. The full inheritance is future. And God's people enjoy that on that day. And in the meantime, the angels minister to us, now here on earth and also in heaven, where the disembodied spirits are. And then that day of salvation, what a song it'll be. Though we'll sing then, this is our God. We've waited for him. He's saved us. He's brought us into the inheritance. This is it. And we're glad and we rejoice in his salvation. We read about it in Romans 8. We're waiting. We have the first fruits of the Spirit, but we're still groaning within ourselves, waiting for the day of redemption, the day of the inheritance, the day 
of salvation. Whenever this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, and then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory, and the saints on that day have the full inheritance. Now we have joy and peace and forgiveness now, of course, but none of this is, is perfect. We still have our down days. We still sin. We still have imperfect hearts. We're not fully like Christ yet. We're not as holy as the Lord yet. If we have faith in Christ, we shall one day possess the inheritance. And that'll be a wonderful day. The apostle is always telling us about this salvation. He uses this word salvation quite a bit in his epistle. This is the first time here with the heirs of salvation. He calls it great salvation in chapter 2. Christ the captain of our salvation in chapter 2 also. And he talks about the day of salvation and he talks about eternal salvation. But there are three further things that I want to leave with you as we, as we come to the table of the Lord Jesus about this expressioners of salvation. Three things that it makes us think about. Three things that we ought to think about in relation to this, uh, this expression. And I trust that these three things will be a blessing to you and a help to you as we come to the table with the right mindset and the right spirit this morning to bring glory to the Lord. Most important of all, the first thing, and which is especially significant as we approach the table, is that this inheritance comes through Christ's death. You, child of God, have inheritance of eternal life, but it comes to you through Christ, but you can only possess it by his death, through his death. He has to die for you. That's why he became man. We couldn't be heirs of salvation if he didn't take humanity, and if he didn't die in that humanity. We can only get it through the sacrifice of the Redeemer. You know that it is death that normally brings us into the enjoyment of an inheritance, isn't it? If you get an inheritance, someone has died. That's the way it normally is in life. Someone who has loved us, someone who has cared for us, someone who has laid up in store for us, who's done all the work, who's done all the labor of love, who's obtained the fortune for his family but doesn't give it to them until he dies. Comes in the will. Comes in the testament. Laid up for us in love. And we didn't work for it. All that our father or mother labored for, the house that they attained, the savings that they amassed, we didn't do a thing towards it. But they died. And in that blessed will it was left to us and that is true of the heirs of salvation the Lord Jesus loved us he had a great fortune and he amassed a great fortune for us the heirs of salvation he had a cure for sinners he had a cure for the, that family of his that he was to redeem with his blood he labored for sinners he worked hard for sinners. It was a great work. It was a difficult work. It was a sacrificial work. 
It was a work of submission to his father. It was a work of obedience to the law. It was a work of sweat and toil, a work of suffering, who left heaven and took our humanity, our nature to himself. It was a work of bearing the heavy load of sin. It was a work of facing reproach and suffering shame and pain. It was a work that involved Gethsemane, a work that involved the cross and the agony of Calvary. It was a work that required a Roman scourging. It was a work that required the stripping of his spotless body and the nailing of him to the hard tree of the cross. All this work needed to be done and the rich stores of grace needed to be laid up in an inheritance so that sinners whom he loved could enjoy it and obtain it and receive it. And so the earth of all things has the inheritance. But it required the work of his humanity. And the death of his cross work. To bring it to us. And so the death of Christ brethren and sisters for our sins was most necessary. There's no inheritance without it. It is essential to our salvation. So thank God for the death of Jesus Christ. And believe and trust in the death of Jesus Christ your dear Lord. And remember it too. And show it forth in the way that he commands around his blessed table. And let us do that afterwards to his glory. So it requires the death of the testator. The second thing about an inheritance is that it is free and gracious. It is passed on free. Those who get it did not amass it. What your parents left for you when they died, you did not save. You did not earn. You did not work for it. And when they died and left it to you in their will, you do not pay for it. You get it freely. It comes free to you. That is why it is called the inheritance of salvation. Not of works. This expression tells us it's not of works. But it's by inheritance. It's never of our works. It cannot be. How often does God have to tell us? Not of works. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You have to receive it. And you can only receive it. And if you don't receive it, you don't get it. So this expression is telling us this. It's the gift of God. It's the gift of grace. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the gift of eternal life, is through Jesus Christ our Lord. For by grace are ye saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's not of works, it's the gift of God. It's an inheritance. And we must never think it can be bought with money or earned by labor or sacrifice. It only comes to those who have faith in him 
those in union through Jesus Christ, those in God's family, those who are related to him by this faith. And this faith is itself a gift in the inheritance. Even that he bought the gift of faith. It comes to us as his children. And we only become children of God through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. You're all the children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So you're in his family. And at the Lord's table we are reminded of this gift of grace as grace. Because what, what was one of the words the Lord used? As he broke his, the bread, his body. As he handled the cup, his blood. What was that word that he used? Take. Take. You have to take. You can't buy. You can't labor. You take the gift of grace. He gives. We take. The last thing about an inheritance is its security and its certainty. Inheritance, you see, is a promise. It comes with promise. It is with a will ensured and passed on. It is with a testament made certain. It's all in the solicitor's office. It's all legal. It's, it's all sure. And we don't have to sit wondering, you know, as all the legal business goes on, months and months, oh, will it come to me? Will I ever get it? Oh, what, what's going on in that solicitor's office? You, you know the will. There may be a waiting but you know it's certain. You know it's coming. Because it's, it's a covenant. It's a testament. It's a promise. It can't be changed. That secures the inheritance though you don't enjoy it for a long time. Now you know the whole Bible, brethren and sisters, is about God's covenant. The idea of covenant is the very essence of scripture. The covenant of grace. The covenant whereby this, this inheritance comes. And even the Lord in the Lord's Supper. He, he reminded us of this covenantal aspect of it. There are the promises of God. There is the covenant of grace that has been ratified by Christ's blood. And the promises are sure and certain. There's no doubt about it. The promises are between the Father and the Son in the covenant of redemption. And there's very much in that covenant of redemption. There is a special aspect of it which secures the inheritance of salvation for sinners. God has promised to sinners eternal life. And this promise is before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. So it wasn't promised to sinners. It was promised to the Son. Who is the heir of all things. And he carries on the covenant of grace aspect of this towards sinners. And he ratifies it with his blood. That night he was betrayed. He reminded them of this. He became incarnate. And he lives and dies for sinners. So that the inheritance may be passed on to them. 
in the covenant. What I'm saying is inheritance is secure. It's certain. It has all the promises of God. This is my blood which is shed for you for the remission of your sins. So eternal life, salvation, is not something uncertain, not something unsure that you have to be unsure about. It's not something dependent upon man's work and man's will. Covenant blessings are certain because of the promises of God and because of Christ's death. Sin will be forgiven. Eternal life will be enjoyed by many because of Christ's death. The covenant has been ratified. So the testament and the promises will be enjoyed through Christ's blood. And that's your assurance, people of God, in your union to Jesus Christ, in your faith in him. You don't have to have doubts. You shouldn't have doubts. You can have assurance. If you're in Christ, if you have your faith in Christ, you are an heir of salvation. And you shouldn't be in doubt about the inheritance that you're going to enjoy through his grace. You have already received the early installments in your experience. The gift of faith for a start is an early installment. The gift of faith in Christ, you've received that already. The new birth, you've received that already. The, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, you've received that already. These early installments, the deposit and the covenantal tokens and signs, the marriage ring uh, and the waters of baptism, all these signs and tokens, covenantal tokens that can assure us and comfort us. So it won't be long until you receive the whole inheritance. And whenever the tabernacle of God shall finally come among us. Christ himself. And we shall dwell with him. And he shall dwell with us. And we'll be his people. And he'll be our God. And he'll never leave us. And he'll wipe away all our tears. And we'll never see death again. And we'll never have sorrow anymore. Nor heartbreak will we ever experience once again. Never any pain. For everything else has passed away. All the former things are gone. And now it's just the inheritance. What God has laid up for them. That neither tongue nor mouth can tell. Nor ear hear. It can only be experienced in that great day. The years of salvation. A wonderful distinction for the saints. And that is why the angels minister to them. Because they know all this. And they look past our sin and our failures and the miserable looking people we are when they sit among us. They look past all of that. And they love us for what we're going to become. And so they minister to us. And that's a blessed ministry in itself.